to What's In Your Purse Wednesday. I'm one of your hosts, Shawnee Curry-Saintville. Claudia Ann Renee Hibbert-Smith. Sky Madero. And today we're going to be talking about four things our mothers did not teach us about real estate. Now... All right. Now, essentially, um, what I'm hoping for the listeners to listen in is that I don't want you to think, hey, my mom never taught me this. My mom never taught me that because I believe that whatever someone does not teach you, they are essentially teaching you vicariously because then you kind of feel like, oh, well, if I don't want to not know this, then I'm going to have to do something about it. So if your mother never taught you anything about real estate, in some ways you can kind of sort of be thankful. Yes. No. Yes. Yay. Yes. All right. So we're going to rein in and we're just going to talk about some of the things that we would have liked for our mothers to teach us about real estate. And we're going to open that up to you that way. If these are things that your mother has not taught you, hopefully you can share it with your children. You can share it with your friends. And that way we can kind of bridge the information gap. Now, you know, we have our resident real estate guru, Claudia Hilbert Smith, and uh, she can tell you how to buy a property how to flip a property and how to make money while you're doing that's it that's what i do that's what, that's you, what you do, do so we're gonna kick the conversation off so let's kind of talk about this so you did did you guys all grow up in a home that your mother's owned negative yes for me claudia okay. yes for okay. me yes Sky, okay no. so in some ways well, let's clarify that let's clarify them own as in no mortgage or own as in mortgage own as in mortgage okay yeah my parents did yeah so you did so you did so essentially um that is one way that we can say that our mothers taught us about ownership you know it it gives you some level of stability not having to move from place to place and plus i don't know me i feel that once people own things um specifically they kind of look at them a little bit differently because they feel like they own it it's theirs and they feel vested they're gonna be inside of the community that the property is so we're going to talk you know ownership would be one of the things that our mothers taught us um maybe they didn't own the property outright right but they did have some level of a mortgage so you your experience was a little bit different in your mother not owning a home so how did that kind of your home owner a couple of times over so how does that kind of work out for you as it relates to ownership not being <clears throat> transplanted from house to house community to community is what um, made me desire to own a home and and provide some sort of stability um, for my family so like you said in the opening whatever they did not teach us essentially taught us something so it taught me to put some roots down somewhere okay sounds good what are you going to say you're going to interject right claudia i'm just curious here do we really learn what our parents don't teach us or is it that someone enters your life and now you begin to learn based on maybe their information their experiences you know shawnee i've got to say you know my mom wasn't poor my my parents weren't poor but they were very average people Mm -hmm. and I remember maybe in about seventh or eighth grade, I met my what I would call 
my rich mom mm-hmm. and then I had my average mom mm-hmm. and so I was able to pick up some pieces along the way mm-hmm. so I wonder if that's really true that what you don't learn for, you for, really just for learn me, for out sure there I, I don't think you I think learning out there can be a myriad of places so learning out there could be through a mentor mm-hmm. or someone who comes in and fills that role um, for me a lot of things that um, a lot of the times I would definitely attach myself to books so when there was no availability to a physical person I would attach myself to things outside of me you know around me so that there was this craving you get a craving and those cravings are fulfilled by a number of things they can be by actual people they can be through friendships they can be through this radio show they can be through books but for instance some little girl who you know a lot of the times and this is a financial show but a lot of the times sometimes people not having things is what teaches them to really desire Desire. things you know so so when you don't have a, you know, some people, depending on if they don't have an even keel, like for instance, they, they psychologically attach themselves to always moving, 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 moving. So essentially when they can finally get themselves somewhere to lock in some stability and it may not be a mentor that comes in and say, Hey, you need to Correct. be an owner. They just get it. Like, right. Hey, listen, I'm not going to keep moving around the way right. my mom had me moving from you, place you to know, place. I think what it is too, you know, you could be, let's just say high school. And you had friends who had stability. You were able to see that, even mm-hmm. though your your parents were, weren't providing you stability. Yes. Now you have something to compare it to. Yes. And mm-hmm. you become the wiser. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Yes. And so, so my point of view is that yes, you can have someone on the outside influence you, and yes, you can because of lack of you know having it provided for you desire something different. I I've experienced both. But when we come back from our break, we could talk a little bit more about that. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to Own Your Power Radio. We'll be back after a short break. Do you want more manageable hair? Is it dry and brittle? Got split ends? Nefertiti Secrets is an innovative system infused with a unique blend of nature's most nourishing ingredients, including moringa oil, keratin protein, aloe, sage, and rosemary extracts. Our formulas contain natural remedies that were used by ancient Egyptians. This amazing system will transform your hair with regular use and creates hair that's softer, silkier, and more beautiful than ever. Embrace royalty. For more information and to purchase your own products, go to NefertitiSecrets.com. show called what's in your purse wednesday and what we're putting in your purse this wednesday is four things that our mothers taught us about real estate yes Yes. didn't teach us didn't teach us about real estate you see i get all excited because what you don't teach she did teach at the same time. Okay. So we were talking a little bit about ownership because that was thing number one. Um, Claudia was saying how um, her mother did own her home. Um, I was talking about how for me, because I kind of knew like, you know, when I was 
I bought my first property very young at mm -hmm. 22, you know, and you were 21. So 22 it, and you were 22 too. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think, um, it, 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 it created some levels of something. You mm -hmm. knew that you, you staked, you know, you probably did it for investing. I did it because that's just what you do. When right. you move out the house, you don't move into an apartment in my family. You buy a house, mm -hmm. you know? So that was, that was kind of like that. So the next thing we have on our list thing, number two would be, saving for a home all right so you're going to chime in on that one yes 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 you know you, you mentioned earlier you know my parents did own their homes mm -hmm. but i think they were so caught up in the day-to-day -day hustle they forgot to tell me hey there's preparation involved yeah hey you're going to go to college don't get yourself in debt yeah which i did you know with credit cards and mm -hmm. so preparation is key mm -hmm. so that conversation still has to be uh made mm -hmm. you got to engage in conversations with your children about home ownership, preparation, credit scores, your savings, mm -hmm. etc. Okay. So okay. what we're talking about here is um, a thing that mommy didn't give was preparation. So a lot of times what will be happening is that we will be parents we as parents sometimes we are doing and we're not telling what we're doing so the kid doesn't get the information so while you did grow up in a home you really didn't know the difference between you and the people who live down the block in an apartment you know it all seems the same they got a house you know theirs got a couple of stairs mine doesn't so that's how you kind of see it <laughs> so just opening up that conversation so here's another little nugget is just to give some level of preparation which can you think about any way that your mother might have prepared you for home ownership uh, how to keep a house clean, <laughs> how okay. to take care of your property. That's valuable. Um, because, um, yeah, if you if you don't, then the, the value goes down. Um, you know, a home, a house isn't a home until it's lived in. And when you live in it, you take care of it. And so Mama was very adamant about taking care of your home, mm -hmm. you know, making a house a home. And I think that translates into my home ownership now and maintaining property values and things of that nature. So... I thought that was very imperative. Okay. So from that conversation, what would you now give to your children in terms of preparation? In terms of taking care of a home or mm -hmm. in terms of just purchasing a home? In Take terms of preparing the, the preparation phase because you're saying... Count, I, yeah, mm -hmm. count the costs. You know, uh, I would tell them count the costs. You know, you're, you're purchasing a home, you know, count the costs and what it would take to... Um, maintain that home upkeep that home because it's more than just the insurance and the mortgage and the and, and the utilities but you know if something breaks um if something's not working properly if you have an association and they require certain things on the exterior to be um taken care of you have to count those costs and so i would talk to my children in reference to you know whether a, a freestanding home an attached home an investment home um you know a condo you know when they're looking at these different options count the cost the total cost great uh one of the prep things that i do it comes from rich dad poor dad and he talks about essentially where he takes his child and he drives them to one neighborhood mm -hmm. which is on one side of the tracks mm -hmm. and then he takes them to another side which is on one side of the tracks and then he just he lets the child just go ahead and observe the differences that are very you know they're very obvious yeah. you know they're very vivid mm -hmm. and they can see the stock differences between the people that live on this side and this side right um they would see that this had lots of landscaping the size of the house whether or not if the people had a pool were there gates you know how far the gates actually covered the property did they have any curve appeal all this stuff and then the child would and then he would ask them okay so where would you want to live 
you know, where did you want to live? And what do you think these people do that live over here? That's the process. Yes. That is just, yeah, instead of just, you know, turning the key, you know, opening the door, letting the kids in, but really having them in that process. And that's something that I do with my children. I ask them, who do you think lives over here? Who do you think live in these homes? What do you think these people do for a living? Oh, mommy, maybe he's a doctor. You know, mm-hmm. maybe he's like, you know, maybe he's just like my doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, what do you think? Where do you think these people live? I don't know where they might live, mommy. They, you know, they don't seem to be home. So they are already getting the pictures. My children, again, are three and five years old. So, you know, it's a very young age to start, you know, to start teaching, teaching them. But it's more so about observation. And for you, your child is a little bit older, Claudia. Yeah, going to be 22 this year. Okay. Yeah. So right now, what I'm focusing on is his decisions. Yeah, his decisions today Reflect. will affect his outcome in the future, whether positive or negative. Yeah. Um, so his credit, he has to be very mindful of his credit. That's wonderful. While he's building his credit, he needs to monitor the credit scores because, you know, you have people that are fraudulently, mm-hmm. you know, taking your taking identity. identity. Mm-hmm. You know, I filed taxes a couple years back and, you know, I was on a payment plan for a minute and wow. it's like. Why are you guys sending my money back? Mm -hmm. Someone had already filed my taxes. Now they had wiped out everything that I owe. Wow. You know, so, but still, the the thing here is that you got to know so that you can step in and do something fast. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, another thing that my my mom told me to do as it relates to credit, because when she first got married, she got herself in a whole bunch of credit card debt, Hmm. a lot of credit card debt. So while I, while my mother was parenting me, she steered clear completely of credit cards. You would not see my mother touch a credit card. I talk about it in my book, 10 things every woman should keep in her purse. It's called the envelope epidemic is the way that my mom would refer to it so i didn't have any credit cards when i got to college well i would watch all those people you know in the breezeway is what we call it where they got targeted by all these people all these offers and things like that while my mom didn't give me a whole lot of rhetoric relating to credit cards my mama said "Mm, i ain't got no credit cards you know and if we didn't have anything and my mom didn't have cash it wasn't getting bought yeah so while that's not essentially you know wealth building but that was a good training system um so share that with your children share that with you when you get bills in the mail open them up show your children what an apr is Mm -hmm. show them what an apy is because they're not the same thing no you know you need to break that down you need to show the information if you don't know the information google it let your children be don't let the first time that you talk about preparing for a home be when your child is getting married you know, saying, girl, y'all better make sure y'all own in that home. Don't let that man move you into no rental. Don't <laughs> let that be, you know, the right. first conversation and the last conversation. All right, so we're going to move on to our next point here, what we're talking about, leveraging. Um, For those of you who um, are just tuning in, and this may be your first show, we'll give you a little bit of information about us so that you know where this wealth of information coming from. Um, I'm Shawnee Curry-Saintville. I am the host of Purse Empowerment TV. I enjoy putting power in your purse as it relates to boosting your credit score and making sure that you are accounting for your money so that you can begin to build wealth. You can learn more about me at Purse empowerment.com on everything watch my shows tune in if you have specific questions please reach out to us and now you're going to hear from our other host who is the real estate guru claudian hibbert smith yes that's me claudian hibbert smith real estate guru here in south florida uh, providing democracy and housing where we're teaching people how to build wealth and real estate 
one property at a, at a time. You mentioned earlier about my, my first property at 21, you know, and the rest is history. And so I'm trying to take my experiences and show people that they can do it. They don't have to be wealthy now. They don't have to have a lot of money in the bank if they just start small, one property at a time, building wealth. Hmm. I am Sky Maduro. I am your local financial advisor, consultant. What I do is I help people college plan, retirement planning, investment planning, um, you know, life insurance, health insurance, things of that nature, uh, and how you can leverage, you know, different policies and different investment strategies to build wealth as well and take care of your family by leaving a legacy. All right. right. So that I just wanted to clue you in while we're digging deep into this conversation about four things our mothers didn't teach us about real estate. Um, Just so that you can clue in and kind of know who you're talking to. You have a personal finance expert here. You have a real estate guru here and you have a financial advisor. So if you have specific questions for us, we have given you our tags. You can find us on Facebook and inbox us because we would love to continue to be a resource to you. Now, our next point here is leveraging. Mommy didn't teach me nothing. What is that? About leveraging. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I I wrote that down and now I'm thinking, you know, I remember my my parents bought their home way back when it was like $30,000. Amen. And, you know, that was the goal for a home. You know, so it wasn't that they spent $30,000 and the house was worth $100,000. It was worth Mm -hmm. $30,000. And as time went along, they didn't prepare for the roof that needed to be redone, the mm. kitchen that was going to eventually fall apart. Mm-hmm. And so I've watched my parents refinance their homes to cover repairs, and I see a lot of people do that. And unfortunately, sometimes, and I'm not sure if my mother was one or our father was one of them, you know, you, you start refinancing your home to buy a car. Mm. And then you want to go and buy, you know, other things that doesn't necessarily generate wealth generate wealth (laughs) or have anything to do with repairing your house. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually watched my mom do that on several occasions. And I'd have to say that I did learn that that's not some, that's something that I did not want. Right. When did you kind of clue into that was going on? Did this happen in your adult experience or I would say in my, my late twenties, your late twenties. Okay. I became a real estate professional at 21 very early. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so I started learning the business. And so I'm learning the business and I'm relating to my, my parents' home ownership, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, wow, I don't want to be in that position. I want to retire at least and not have a mortgage. You yeah. mm-hmm. think, you know, you've been in a house Important. for, and that particular house we had lived in since I was a baby to mm-hmm. 21. So, 21 years, you That's should pain. pretty much be because, paid off. Right. And so, I, I learned that from, from, from my, my mom, but she didn't teach me how to leverage the home in, in terms of maybe refinancing to buy other properties, mm-hmm. maybe refinancing to purchase properties to flip to maybe pay off the home mm-hmm. that they were living in. And so that piece, I didn't learn. Right. And, you know, I wonder, you know, my mom, I wouldn't say I had bad parents, mm-hmm. right? but they, they gave me what they knew. Had, yeah, right. that's essentially, so you know yeah, better, you yeah, do better. And so yeah, hopefully right. I'm doing better with my son. Yes, and, and hopefully those of you that are tuned in and you're kind of clearing in saying, hey, my mom never taught me about leveraging. I don't even know what that term means. You know, hopefully you're tuning in and it's, it, it, it is creating some level of inquisitiveness. You know, you want to be inquisitive. It makes you want to Google. It makes you want to reach out to us. Just hearing the term, like, you I mean, how can I even leverage the house that I'm living in? You mean right. I'm living in a gold mine? 
Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, an untapped gold mine. Correct. Yes. Are you going to clue in, Scott? I was just going to talk about leveraging. What does mm-hmm. that mean? What does that word mean as you're listening to this this um, conversation? When you hear the word leverage, you're using someone else's or using something else um, to to benefit you and your overall goal. So you're leveraging. So, so you don't have the money, so you use the bank's money to buy a property, so you benefit from it. That's leverage. Um, and so when you hear that term leverage, you understand how you can use something that doesn't belong to you to benefit you got it and claudia could you give us more of a just like a a, an example because i know you are the real estate guru Mm -hmm. and you have uh, lots of lots of lots of uh, examples of when you yourself have leveraged a property that you live in but for our listeners who may just be new to this or they're living in the property and they they know it's a gold mine but they don't really know so let's give an example example i have a property i paid fifty thousand dollars for that property Three years have gone by. The property is now worth one hundred and fifty thousand. I could essentially refi cash out and take out nearly ninety percent of the value. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is I'll pay off the fifty that I owe, mm-hmm. and then I'll leverage the, the, the remaining balance. So let's just say the balance is seventy thousand dollars. Then you got to be careful. You got to make sure your emotions don't kick in. Hmm. Got to make sure you don't go on vacation mm-hmm. for ten grand. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking that seventy thousand. Where y'all going? <laughs> I don't know. Turks. Turks cost a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right? And okay. so I've got to take that bora, seventy thousand and say, how I'm, how am I going to utilize this money to make a decent return? I'm either going to buy another property, sell it for a profit. When I sell it for a profit. I'm going to pay that money back. You mean not celebrate? Well, you're going to celebrate by paying paying that money money back. So I'm going to go back and pay off Mm -hmm. that loan on my primary home. Let's just call it the primary. And I'm also going to be in a position where I made some additional income. Mm -hmm. So let's just say the additional income is now $50,000. I'm going to take that $50,000. Yeah, I might go a little shopping for $500. $500. So I've got... 45,000. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%. 1%.
to what's in your purse Wednesday and uh, we're putting a whole lot of stuff up in your purse this Wednesday we were talking about four things mommy never taught me about real estate we've covered some levels of points we've talked about um, how our mothers in some ways even when they did not they still was teaching us um, they talk, taught us about owning they taught us about ownership whether if our mothers own a home or didn't own a home um, they taught us about preparing for a home um, they did not teach us about preparing for a home so essentially what we are doing is taking and bridging that gap between the information that they did not give us and now giving it to you and giving it to our children then we talked about leveraging that's a nice word claudia broke it down so much and you know uh sky you opened that one up a lot too thank you very much and now we're going to get into the fourth thing we're going to be talking about residuals so what did mommy teach you about residuals claudia Absolutely nothing. What did mommy teach me? What is teach me about residual? <laughs> what? What? First of all, mommy taught me I don't even because think she I knew what the word exactly. Meant. What is exactly. that? Exactly. So mommy didn't teach me about residuals. Actually, mommy didn't teach me about residuals, but she did teach me about residuals in the same way. So she never used the terminology. But I grew up in a hair salon, right? Um. So when I grew up in the hair salon, a lot of people would be like, "When you grow up, do you wanna do you wanna do hair? Do you wanna do hair?" And I used to be like. No, because I spent all the time in the hair salon. Oh my goodness, I spent so much time in the hair salon that I can't stand going there now. That's the first thing I say when I'm about to set an appointment. How long is it going to take? Because <laughs> I've already like I go through like childhood. I'm back in the fourth grade, spending my whole summer Saturday, in the day, you know yeah. in the hair salon. And my mother worked very hard. My mother had two jobs. My mother worked in the daytime. She was an account manager. She did payroll for a construction company. And then when she left she would go home and she would go to the hair salon and work in the hair salon so my mother had two jobs right so to 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 make sure that I had a life that she didn't necessarily have or to have access to information and things that she didn't so my mom never sat down and told me about residuals but I saw how hard my mother worked I saw how absent my mother had to be sometimes I had godparents I had nannies I had all these extra people that had to kind of fill in for my mom because my mom's sole responsibility 
really was making sure that I could, that she could subside for me, my sister and my brother. So my mom was always at work. My mom worked yeah. on the weekends. Mama. My mom worked in the morning. My mom would wake up at 7 a.m. in the morning and I, and she would not come back home to maybe about 9 p.m. Yeah. So maybe mommy didn't sit down and say, hey, Shawnee, this is a residual because essentially my mom didn't know what a residual was. You know, right. she had no idea. She actively worked for every dollar that came into her purse and through seeing that it made me be someone to say hey listen I like the importance of working hard but I don't want to be this absent you know I don't want to work this much to make this amount of money so that in turn made me crave other experiences made me crave books made me crave mentors made Mm -hmm. me crave different relationships so that when i heard the term residuals in a mlm meeting multi-level marketing that's a great way to you know that's the first time you hear residuals what is a residual this is money you can make while you're sleeping yeah oh my mom ain't never made one red cent while she was sleeping how do you do that that? so that opened up my curiosity And that made me, one, want to Google the term. Google wasn't even out there, but it made me want to understand. I showed up to places where my mother would never go. You know, I I made friendships and relationships with people that my mother would never befriend because I wanted to close in the gap so that when someone used the word residual... You knew you were aware. I was very much so aware and enlightened. So through mommy not doing that, but through her working so hard, it taught me the value of... Of residuals, making that money while you are so sleeping. Now, are you saying that she didn't teach you, but essentially she, she did. taught you? Yes, yeah, yeah. she did. She That's taught me while she did not teach me because my mom worked so hard. And if I knew, I would all they would say, "Oh, do you want to be? Do you want to work in the hair salon?" No, I don't. I don't even want to come in. I don't even go. I don't even get my hair done at my parents' hair salon. That's how much it just takes me back to, you know, waiting all weekend to get my hair done. Amen. But I, I can't do I it. You know, it's too. like, I don't want to live here. You know, yeah. my mother lived there. I, I had a really good childhood. I had a really good life. I felt surrounded by love. I felt surrounded by affection. And I didn't feel like we struggled. But essentially, the older I got, I knew how much my mom was very transient. You know, my mm-hmm. mother was very transient. It was like, in the morning, drop you off to school, gone all day long. I didn't see my mom to maybe about 9 o'clock. I have to call my grandma parents i'm hungry because my mother was at work Mm -hmm. she was making sure that i never missed a meal that i never you know that i never missed a field trip that i was always able to show up ready i never felt lack in that regard but i definitely wish that she understood the value of a residual or that my grandparents understood with the residual so that she didn't feel that pressure all the time so essentially she didn't but she did there you go. So, so um, being able to understand what residual is allows us to go after obtaining that type of income. Yes. And what residual does is uh, allow you to have an income without trading time for dollars. Every single, yeah. Time for dollars. Time because, for dollars. Because that's, you know, you have an hourly wage, you have a, you know, or you're exempt. So you have a salary no matter how many hours you work, which I think that's a jip, you know, because yeah. you work 60 hours, you get the same amount <laughs> right. hourly, at least you get overtime. <laughs> exactly. But residual, you're not trading hours for dollars you're getting money as you stated earlier as you sleep you wake up and bing there's money in my account right and that's a beautiful thing there's residual but then there's also passive income and that's another topic so so residual income is something that you build up over time 
you know, doing a, a certain business or, or selling a certain product or, you know, having a certain way of having this line of income coming in, it's residual. It comes in the same time every month, all the time. And then you also have passive income. Yeah, without you actually have to do something without again trading. to get it. Yeah. Time for dollars. Yeah, yeah. Open that up a little bit for us, Claudia. And so you do residuals. You're able to mm-hmm. get residuals from your property. So for our listening audience, let's talk about some ways that real estate can create residuals. Have my mother known about this terminology perhaps she would have called you mm-hmm. <laughs> in her time capsule and said what they do that at <laughs> right, 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 right. so learn me. Learn, yeah, me learn me child learn me <laughs> so you know i like to, to to give examples so let's go with an example again. yes you know when i was 21 i bought my first duplex mm-hmm. a duplex is a two-unit structure attached you've got one unit on one side another unit on the other side. Mm-hmm. What I liked about that is that one side essentially covered the mortgage mm-hmm. and most of all of the expenses every month. And it even left me more income after those bills were paid just for one unit. Mm-hmm. The next unit was rented out and it was like, for lack of a better term, all gravy. Mm-hmm. And so it was my income. And so now I've started to create what many would say, and I would call it passive residual income. Mm-hmm. I'm virtually mm-hmm. not having to do something day to day to receive the income. Now, did I do something on the front end? Yes. yes. I had to acquire the property. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure my credit scores were intact. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure that the income was documented. Yes. You know, if there, there are grant funds out there, you might want to consider utilizing grant funds to go into your first primary home maybe even possibly living on one side mm-hmm. and collecting the income from the from the other unit and just keep going you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and before you know it you've got a lot of income coming in yeah beautiful. a lot of you're different not really sources. doing a lot of work yeah yes. beautiful right that's a yes. beautiful and thing and so you you know, you know you mentioned MLM earlier and I've done MLMs in multi-level my, marketing yeah, mm-hmm. multi-level marketing skinny tea there you go <laughs> and I've done Noni a lot juice. of those yeah right <laughs> yeah. so I've done a lot of that that stuff, or I've done that business in my my early twenties, and they were good businesses. But let me tell you, a lot of people in that line, they're motivated by your voice, right? They're motivated by seeing you. Mm-hmm. You've got to do me. That is work, right? Yes. I'm not sure that I would consider that residual income, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you, like you I think I think have to work. yeah, I think well, yeah. In some mm-hmm. regards, they have to work to create their teams. But let's say, for instance, if it's skinny tea, well, not necessarily. And we're not here to promote any MLMs, right. but just to break down the term a little bit. So they have people on their team. Those are the people they have to motivate. Yes, right. But then there's people who just buy in the tea. They have their 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 debit card on automation, and every month, you know, so you're getting that five or ten or fifteen or twenty, you know. You're getting that kind, so until you made you it, see, yeah. Until you see purse empowerment, until you see purse and you empowerment, you cut that out the budget, and you cut that out of and the budget. The person has to go back to work. Exactly. Oh, okay. Essentially, <laughs> but some of some people have really been able to build up some strong yes. levels of income oh, no, from I agree. it. You know, they're doing it. I, what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that it requires work. It is not easy. It requires work. Yeah, but everything requires a little bit of work, just not no, 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 the no, no, same no. amount of effort. Of it's about the same amount of work that it takes to you know deal with a, a, a tenant. Mm-hmm. House maintenance. I don't maintenance. have to see my tenant every day. I don't have to call them once you a week. You ain't got to see them people with that noni juice. Well, okay. Well, 
I'm just saying, like, just, it all just depends just, on know, if there's really, a product. It yeah, all depends on what pro- the MLM offers. Nevertheless, we're talking so. about residuals. Hopefully, that little, hopefully, if you can't relate directly to big right. numbers in real estate, hopefully the small numbers in MLM, which are sometimes for some people millions and millions of dollars, um, open that up for you in terms of just being able to get some level of residuals into your life. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and having residual always is going to require some level of maintenance. Some will require a little bit more than others, like for instance, in my field, uh, insurance or financial, you build a book of business, and as long as that person's active paying their monthly premiums, you know, I get a residual. I get an amount deposited, whether I write new business or not, every month because that person's active on the books. And and, and to maintain that, I have to, you know, call every once in a while, send mm-hmm. a Thank you know a birthday card. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. To maintain that. Let them know I'm still present. I'm still I'm still there. So mm-hmm. every residual income requires some level, level of, of maintenance. Work. Some yeah. level of but, maintenance. But not an everyday nine to five, eight if I don't go to work, that yeah. money's not coming. So right. that's what residual is. If you take a month off, you get injured, that money's still coming. Yes. And um and so that's the beautiful thing about having residual income. Um, and, and for me, ultimately, when I learned what it was, yes, I did hear that at MLM, but I didn't really experience it when I did try an MLM. <laughs> so when I got into this field and I saw what it was, I was like, oh, this is yeah, residual. This is a residual. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, nice. Yes, Thanks yes, for yes. the residual. Yes, yes, yes. I like the residual <laughs> and uh, I want to build my residual. So some people I know have six-figure, seven-figure residual incomes. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's a beautiful thing to wake up January 1st and know no matter if you go to work or not, you're getting 80000 a year, mm-hmm. you know, with your residual. And so you can build it to that with real estate. You can build that, build it with that with your line of work. You can build it with an MLM because I've seen people do that. So, mm-hmm. um, again, the key of us bringing it up is so that you're aware of what it is right. and right. you can pursue that with passion and obtain it. Yes, we likes it. And uh, the last thing we're going to um, close this out, which is talking about borrowing money. Yes, mm-hmm. we need to talk about borrowing money. What mommy taught you about borrowing money? What your mama taught you about borrowing money, Claudia? She taught me to stay away by all the credit <laughs> that she got into. That's what she taught me. <laughs> she taught you steer clear. You know what, though? In, in all honesty, in all honesty, um, you know, my mom never really taught me anything about borrowing money. Yeah. Key interest rates. Mm-hmm. You know, the 24% every month you've got to pay every time you borrow money. I didn't learn that. Yeah. And so I went on to college and I did exactly what my mother did. Had credit cards. I got my little free t-shirt going through that little hallway. Breezeway. I was, yeah, the breezeway. <laughs> I was excited. I got my little gator shirt and I, I was on my happy little way and I'm paying off my credit card every month, but I'm noticing it's not really going down anywhere. Mm-hmm. So I owe 300, but I still literally owe 300. Okay. Maybe it went to 298. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't understand that interest rate. And that was very key, not only for credit cards, for, for housing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you know, my mom bought their house and our, they were, you know, they always say, you know, interest rates were in the high, high teens. Mm. You know, I've not seen that in my, in my lifetime in, Me in terms of, being Interest a professional yeah. and, and being able to buy, obviously I couldn't buy at 16 and I wasn't prepared at the time, but in my professional career, I've never seen them in the teens. Right. You know, unless you do hard money, that's a whole different yeah. ball game. But yeah. you know, I didn't learn that. I didn't know to capitalize off of a three and a half percent interest rate. Beautiful. Right. 
You know, I, I didn't know how to leverage that either. Mm-hmm. And so those are some of the things I didn't learn either. So what what would be something that you would say to mommy now? What would you say to mom about borrowing money? What would you say? Hey, mom, I kind of wish I knew this. I wish that you knew this so that you can teach it to me. You know what? I, I think the tables have turned now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I have become the teacher. Yeah. My mom has become the student. student. Mm-hmm. And she's become studious. Yeah, very so, good. You know, you only know what you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm empowered. I, I feel like it's my obligation yeah. to not only empower my mom, but to empower many, many people Spare across the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it just is what it is. If we know better, we do better. Essentially, That's yes. That's it. So, so you, Sky, touching on borrowing money. What, what did mommy teach you about borrowing money? Don't ask nobody for nothing. If no. you don't have it in your house, if you don't have it in your hand, then you don't need it. Mm. So mama just taught me not to borrow. You know, um, coming from a Caribbean background, there was no credit in, in um, the Caribbean. There was no, you know, borrow the money and buy it. It was if you don't have the money then you don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so so therefore, we didn't even have the understanding of leveraging or using somebody else's money and still being disciplined to pay and understand interest rates and things of that nature. So um, when I stepped out on my own, I never really, I never had credit card debt. I never, because I, I was always taught if I don't have it, I, I shouldn't buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, in the system that we live in, it's important because you keep talking about credit scores, Claudia, and to gain a credit score, having some sort of credit card or some sort of loan um, helps identify and give you that score that you need so that you can leverage. Um, so I had to learn that on my own, that burn isn't a bad thing. It's just how you pay it back and to what degree you pay it back and understanding you know, as you stated earlier, shiny interest rates, APR, APY, mm-hmm. things of that nature, and how if you do pay it off every month, which I only use in American Express, which I have to pay off every month. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay it off, then you know what happens is is you you lose your your opportunity. Mm-hmm. So so I I believe in paying it off every month so you don't experience that. What what Claudia was talking about earlier, it went from three hundred to two ninety eight, and you know you paid fifty dollars. What you know what happened? Right. Where did that other forty eight dollars go? Mm-hmm. So um you know we learned that the hard way um, when we're not taught it. So so my my mom did teach me, and I thought I thought that was a good thing. You know mm-hmm. if I don't have it, don't buy it because then I didn't inquire acquire all this this debt. But at the same token, I didn't build credit either. So I was in a place where if I wanted to do something, I really didn't have the power to do that on either end. So if you can share something with mommy, what what would you tell to her? What would you tell her as it relates to, hey, I kind of wish I knew this about borrowing money? Mommy, what I wish uh, you could have taught me, you know, had you known better, is how to borrow money responsibly and leverage it to my benefit so that I could put myself in a better position than I was without borrowing money. Because then we tend to struggle and stay at a place where we're not growing, you know, we're stagnated. So I would definitely uh, ask mommy to, you know, teach me how to gain the power in borrowing and leveraging and putting myself in a better position.
I loves it. I loves it. Um, if I had to say something to my mom about borrowing money, um, I think it would very be very, very similar to it'd be very similar to what you're saying, Sky, is because my mother's was don't ask nobody yeah. for nothing. <laughs> if I didn't give it to <laughs> you, yeah. you don't yeah. need it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how it. my mother was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, while that works out as it relates to debt elimination and as it relates to not, you know, getting myself into financial trouble. I never had any issues with keeping up with the right. Joneses. I right. never felt like, oh, these people have this. Yeah. Because my mother said, if it ain't in this house, you, you don't, don't need it. it. You know, so that gives you a lot of confidence. You know, you, you that gives you a lot of confidence. That gives you a lot of security. When you go to school, you're not competing with people. Right. You don't feel like, oh, look at what they have, but look at what I got and this, this, and that. So that kind of, for me, because my mother put so much value into the love that she gave me, um, the, the whatever the finances that she did share with me there was so much love in it that I never really felt like I needed to compete with yeah, someone so I didn't but, get into debt yes let's, let's talk about this though your mom worked two jobs so that she could essentially give Provide. you the things yes. that you wanted that she yes. potentially didn't have as, yes. she, as a child growing up she had and them so too so maybe she, you were in a position yeah. where you didn't have to compete yeah. where you didn't have to feel like yeah. you wanted because yeah. she gave it to you right yeah. right exactly That's a good perspective. yeah so that and she worked very hard for it. she I mean interesting enough about my, my, my picture is that my mother grew up in a two parent home where she had both of her parents and me, I grew up in a single parent home. So now my mother was doing what two incomes would do for, you know, right. one household. So she was being mom, dad, whatever. So financially that's what she was doing. So, um, so yes, my mother did work very hard to make sure that I didn't feel that way. And yeah, so that gives me a level of not necessarily needing to, you know, whatever you have, it's valuable. You know, right. whatever I get you, yeah, yeah, whatever I enough. pay for, what it's, it's enough. enough. And, I, yeah. and, and I mean, that was just That's like valuable. stamped, you it's know, in valuable. my mind. Like, right. whatever I give you, it's enough. enough. So my mother was solid at that. But in terms of, at that point, my mother probably didn't know anything about right. borrowing money to create some level of leverage. You right. know, my mother never refinanced our home. You know, I think my mother probably still has a mortgage on her home and I'm, mm. I'm 30, you know, right. I'm 30, 30, a couple 30 of something. 30 something, you know, 30 plus, plus. <laughs> 30 plus, plus. you know, so that, I mean, typically a, a mortgage would be about 30 years, but my mother didn't, you know, she didn't have, she didn't know, you know, that's not something that my grandparents talked about. So essentially what it does is if you don't borrow money, you can be stagnant. Yep. You know, if you're thinking, Hey, I'm just going to save up this $50,000 and when I save up this $50,000 that's when I'm on buy yeah, me no. a house and, and you talk about that Yes. You you talk about that how you you know you saved during college, mm -hmm. you were very diligent. Yes. But you came out, you went to buy a car, you got the car, yeah. you paid it off. Paid it mm -hmm. off. It was time to go and buy and you couldn't because you had no credit, credit. score. None. And so, you know, yeah. people think, you know what? I don't have any credit. That's better than being a person with no credit or mm -hmm. well, bad credit. Mm -hmm. And so, essentially you talked about and we, we talk about this all the time. You still had to go to badcredit.com. Yeah, just get a credit I card. had to go to badcredit.com to now get my first about credit card. Say yes, who had right. no car payment, no right. car payment, and that's diligent, diligent, yeah. very little to small school yes. loans. Yes, yeah. fourteen thousand. That's and so it. I, I think the point that I'm trying to make is 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 what I think you, I've heard across the board this mm -hmm. evening. You, you know, 
it's important to have some credit. Yes. Because mm-hmm. it establishes who you are in your spending habits. Yes. Right? And when you go to buy big purchases like homes, mm-hmm. cars, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, mm-hmm. they say, okay, this borrower is diligent based on ABC of right. your credit. Exactly. Right. And so it's not really good not to have credit. But you definitely don't want bad credit. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Very good point. So, so again, if you have any questions about, you know, long-term investments, retirement planning, college planning, uh, life insurance, uh, health insurance, things of that nature, you can call me, Sky Maduro, at 954-465-9176. That's 954-465-9176. I look forward to helping you and your family. I am Shawnee Curry St. Ville, the host of Purse Empowerment TV. If you have specific questions about boosting your credit score or trying to mentally get yourself out of your money mayhem, you definitely want to reach out to me. If you want to boost your credit score, you definitely want to reach out to me. You can find me at PurseEmpowerment.com. I can also be reached by telephone at 954-394-0532. And right after you meet with Miss Shawnee, and get those credit scores together with her purse empowerment, you're going to come on over to the real estate guru and I'm going to help you get into your first property if it's your first property. And if not, help you get into your residual income property, which would be your investment property. And you'd reach me, Claudia Hibbert Smith, at 954-874-2211, 954-874-2211. And that's it for us on Own Your Power Radio. You've been listening to What's in Your Purse Wednesday. Woohoo! Ow! That was a good show! That was a good show! What time for your mama? What's up, it's your boy, Zay Day, artondex.com. Check out the book, The Art Album. I'm chilling here with Coach Simone at Own Your Power. You cats out here got all these power pirates in your lives. Start to own your power. Ownyourpowerlifestyle.com with Coach Simone in the building. Holler at your boy.
magic be like fire. fire. 